0: Well, it is great to be back. Uh, I apologize for the last two weeks y'all having to put up... Oh, wait, he's still here. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, Missed you guys. Annette and I had a lovely time in Europe. Uh, Went to the International Alpha Leadership Conference, which was amazing. 84 different uh, companies, countries represented uh, 6,500 people. Uh, it was—I don't even know how many different churches, but it was wonderful. The, the many different forms of English that are spoken around the world, and uh, but we had a great time and missed you guys a lot. And uh, it's just exciting to see the fact, hearing more about the Alpha Course. Twenty-nine pe- million people now—we've heard all over the world have gone to the Alpha Course, and so—and you guys, I guess, add to that number. So. But what's exciting, we're very excited about the Alpha weekend, Uh, so happy that we have, I think, 81 of you are registered now to come, and we want to encourage you, if you've not registered yet, please to register, Uh, please do. And look, if you can only come Friday night, then come Friday night. If you can only come Saturday, then come Saturday. Obviously, you can come both, that would be great. Uh, But we want to encourage you to come, whether it's only Friday or only Saturday, we would just love to have you to, uh, to be a part of the Alpha weekend. One thing I'd like to tell you, too, is if you're coming on Saturday, or even if you're not coming on Saturday, one of the highlights, at least for me, of the weekend is the thing we will do at breakfast. So we will do this over biscuits, bacon, eggs, sausage, any numbers of Artery hardening delicacies that you can imagine we 're going to do uh, we 're going to do a little study in uh, Luke so you may want to write this down if you would Luke chapter fifteen verses eleven through twenty two so twenty one verses of the gospel of luke it 's on the just the story of the prodigal son we 've heard that many times the prodigal son we 're going to just have a fun time for a little over an hour on Saturday morning at 8.30 when we, uh, when we go through this. And so, again, want to encourage you. I'm sorry, again, that there's not going to be any child care. So if you, if you need child care, please, please get it. Don't, don't miss being here. If, if, if you can in any way avoid that so but before the, before I even got into tonight 's talk, I asked uh, debbie Basil uh, who 's been attending Lakeview with her husband, come on up deb and uh, and her, her boys. you can give Debbie a big hand yes ma 'am please so i 've asked Debbie to come and share just a little bit of her experience having come to the Alpha course, experience the Alpha weekend, I thought it would be encouraging to you and even if it's not, I love hearing her tell this story so Deb, please
1: Hi y'all, my name is Debbie Basil and I would like to tell you a little bit about my Alpha story I am a nurse and in 2004 I was working with a lady, Linda Pratt who's not here tonight Um, my husband Peter was very ill at that time and she asked if her church could pray for us fast forward Four uh, four years later, 2008, Peter and I received a letter from Ray Pratt's. We didn't know him at all, inviting us to a dinner in a thing called Alpha. It sounded good to me because I had been, at least in my own mind, a very religious person and had been attending church with our three sons but without Peter for a while. I went into the Alpha course thinking I was fine, but it was my hard-headed husband who needed rescuing. Um... And for me, as the weeks went on, I had a ton of questions. I decided to attend the Alpha retreat and did so with anticipation of the unknown. And I really did wonder how did a short time how could that produce any type of substantial uh, changes? Well, I'm going to try to explain how the weekend was different from my regular Alpha uh, on Tuesdays. I was excited because my interest in reading the Bible had been piqued by Frank and Keith's talks. And for me as a kid I looked forward to the summer reading programs at the library because I love to read new books. I found that the same anticipation of reading a new book transferred to reading the Bible. I had started to read the Bible and I was really couldn't believe how exciting it was. And it was just not a boring book with words, but a book that had come alive with vivid pictures and meanings. But along with it excitement came some confusion. Sadly, I had to be brutally honest with myself that some of the things that I had believed for 45 years just did not line up with what I was reading in the Bible. So my life up to that point could have been defined by me trying to control every aspect of my husband's life, my kid's life, everything. But what happened that weekend, I did not have control. It happened to me. God called me, and it really finally made sense. I realized that it was me. It was Debbie's. I just can never really say this part because it really is the truth. It was my past, my present, and my future sins that actually held Jesus to the cross. The Holy Spirit made it so clear that God was calling me by name and offering me the gift of eternal life, and I accepted. What I know is that during that weekend, my life was changed for eternity. So if you're sitting here tonight, and if you have questions, if you feel drawn, if you're seeing things about God and yourself differently than when you started Alpha, Please consider coming to the weekend experience. You are being called. Just say yes. And you are really not here by accident.
0: Well, he is is still a hard headed husband. He still is. Thank you, Deb. Um, it is just a joy to, to, in, to experience life with the Bazs. And uh, we are so grateful for them. And, uh, of course, oftentimes Annette and I get the privilege of seeing these stories kind of unfold. And it's, it never gets old to see what God does in us and what God does in others. Is I cannot imagine anything more exciting than watching the Holy Spirit of God... Uh, work in my life, work in someone's life, and to see God open eyes, and and that just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense until it happens, and so tonight when we talk about who is the Holy Spirit, uh, hopefully we'll be able to unfold a little bit more of this, but again, just, just for the Alpha Weekend, just want to encourage you, you know, just come completely casual, some people wear pajamas on Friday night, we go a little bit late, um... Uh, but 6.30, you know, just bring your alpha manual. Uh, though I don't think you'll need it. Uh, notebook. Uh, and just, I would encourage you. You know, we talked about praying. I would just encourage you in, in the time between now and Friday night, if you haven't been doing, just begin to pray. Hey, God, I don't have any idea what I'm getting into. Protect me from these people. Um, I, you know, please, you know, just let me experience you. Just a simple, childlike Prayer. I, I want to experience you. A child's getting ready to go to the, you know, to the to the fair, there's lots of things to experience. Okay. If the Bible is true, and this God is as big and caring as He is, we have a lifetime of experience, exciting experience yet to unfold. And so I'm just so excited that you you guys are coming, those of you signed up, and I cannot encourage you more for those of you and and this is the great news. You know, while Annette and I were in England, we actually met the founder of the Alpha course, so I thought I'd bring a, a picture of him here for you guys to see him oh, f- so it's actually not quite all right well if 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 alpha if Alpha's done anything for us over these last few weeks, uh, I, I hope at least it's it's helped us clearly understand what biblical Christianity is and what biblical Christianity is not. That there have been stereotypes of Christianity that have been or are being broken, um, helping us think outside whatever religious box we may have constructed. I constructed a religious box in which I insisted God fit inside. And then when I began to understand and began to read and understand the scriptures, all of a sudden, all the the pins, all the nails, all the screws kept coming, sorry, coming out of my religious box because this God was bigger and much different than what I had attempted to uh, in my finite wisdom, in my selfish wisdom, desired for him to be. So tonight we're on page 46. Who is the Holy Spirit? Not what is the Holy Spirit, but who is the Holy Spirit? And as I've been talking about, you know, the stereotypes and assumptions we've been dealing with and hopefully breaking over the weeks, for the most part, the Holy Spirit, this person, the Holy Spirit, has been ignored or misunderstood as, as, you know, for who He is, the third person of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, and obviously there's more concentration when you think about it. It's more under, easy to understand father, a concept of father, or a concept of son. And the Holy Spirit's a little bit more difficult to, to wrap our arms around. I mean, growing up and going to church, and, and this is nobody's fault but my own, I had, the only thing I knew about the Holy Spirit was he had something to do with my shoulders. Because I would pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So the Spirit had something to do with my shoulders. That's about as far as, that literally is about as far as it went. And that is, that's my own stupidity. That is my own fault. But the Holy Spirit is a person. Okay? He is the third person of the Trinity. And, he, and he's not an, he's not an it. He's not a force. He's not a ghost. He's not an He's not an attitude, like like team spirit. You know, like we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? We have
2: spirit. Yes, we do. We have spirit. How about you? We have spirit. Yes,
0: we do. We have spirit. How about you? Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. okay. All right. It, at least, at least. At least the Latino table didn't get up and do that. <laughs> Something got lost in translation, but we'll... <laughs> Thank you guys very much. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, So he's not an id, he's, not a, he's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. And, and we see the Bible tells us that, that he thinks, he speaks, he leads, he grieves. We see throughout the scripture, Holy Spirit being uh, spoken of as a person, not as an it, not as a force. And we can now just give you just a couple of scriptures right here that, that may help us a little bit. In in the book of Acts, now Acts, A-C-T-S, Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament, basically goes into the first church, the ascension of Jesus, and then the building, the construction, the, ex- the expanse of the, the church of Jesus Christ. And we see here that um, James says, here, Luke records, James is saying, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. Right? So he thinks in wisdom. Right? And we also see here in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 16... It says that, brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled. This is the Apostle Peter speaking. Had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas. So, prophecy from King David entering into the new covenant. From the old covenant to the new covenant. Of King David speaking which the Holy Spirit spoke through King David. Let me just give you just a little bit of biblical Holy Spirit history here that the Holy Spirit was involved in creation. We see actually in Genesis chapter 1 the very first verses of the Bible says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So we see that the Spirit of God was involved with creation. We also see the creation of the universe, the planets, all that there is. And we see that the Holy Spirit was also involved with the creation of man. When we see that God breathed on Adam the Spirit. He breathed life into them. And that, very, that word, that Hebrew word that you don't really care about is ruach which means breath. And so whenever you see the word spirit in the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Covenant, it's the word ruach. So breath, this movement, this creative movement. And we see too that you're looking down in your manual, you see that the Holy Spirit would come upon particular people for particular tasks at particular times to accomplish what God in that time and in that setting desired for him to accomplish. We see here, if you're looking down in your book, Bezalel and Gideon and Samson and Isaiah. I mean, you could list dozens and dozens more. Bezalel, the Holy Spirit granted Bezalel. Incredible uh, craftsmanship to to create the, the articles, the vessels that are in the tabernacle of God. Gideon, leadership versus Israel's enemy, Midian. Uh, Samson, we certainly heard about Samson and the strength God gave him against the Philistines. Isaiah, we have one... You know, Isaiah lived around 600 B.C., and we see... Scripture after scripture that he wrote, prophetic scripture, foretelling of the Christ that was to come. It's fascinating. And we could go on and on with that. But we see too that, you see in your manual, that he was promised by the Father. And speaking through the prophets like Isaiah and Ezekiel and others, speaking before Christ, he spoke of a a new covenant, a new work of God that, that he was going to do through... The Spirit. Now let's look at this. Ezekiel is a is a book in the Hebrew Scriptures. It's a pretty big book. Ezekiel is considered one of the major prophets, and uh, around 600 BC he's writing here. And in the 36th chapter of Ezekiel, verse 26 through 27, I want you to take a look at this because it's interesting. You know, we've talked about the fact that God is the initiator. And we see that in the New Covenant. but We'll see that in the Old Testament as well. I want you to see this. How many times it tells us that God is the one who initiates. God's the one that comes knocking on the door of your heart and my heart. It's not you and me that are out searching for Him. It's really Him who has come to us that we would know Him. He is the initiator. And if this Bible is true, and if it really is true that the God who created all things has initiated intentionally, a desire for you to know him and me to know him, that's a pretty overwhelming thought. we get very overwhelmed tonight if we got a call. We talked about getting a call from the president. Or Drew Brees. How about Drew Brees? I mean, we'd all take that call, wouldn't we? You know? And he said, hey, I'd like to spend some time with you. You'd be impressed by that. Well, if the God of the universe has said, I'd like to get to know you, I want you to get to know me, that should be pretty impressive to us. But look at what Ezekiel writes. And this is, he is prophetically writing here. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put, here it is, my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Well, As I was looking through this again, it reminded me of our favorite analogies here. The cup analogy. I had to go out and buy two more styrofoam cups for this. But um, So remember we talked about the fact that we are either in Adam, we are separated, we are separated from God. The Bible says we have died and we're dead in our sins. Or we are in Christ. We've received new life. Well, let's just see this now from the perspective of Ezekiel. What he's saying is, in Adam, we have a heart of stone, right? I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you... Right, stones are dead, right? They're totally dead. So you have a dead heart. You're separated from God. But God has come to give you a heart of flesh, a living heart. And so in Adam, we have nothing but death. But he says, God said, I've come to place Christ into you, into your body, so that you can have new life. And so he takes us and he places us into Christ And he takes Christ and he places him into us. You see, what the Spirit is doing... Can I do this wrong? I'm not going to mess you up. See, what happens is, what the Spirit of God has been doing, I believe, through this time that we have together, is he has been messing with us. And I don't mean messing with us like playing with us. But if this is your life, the Spirit of God comes... And we're going to see this in just a few more minutes. Like a wind, he comes and he blows into our lives to get our attention. See, we're still still in Adam. We're still separated. But what he's doing is he's getting our attention. And I believe that's what he's doing in every one of your lives. Desiring to bring you and me to that place where he has our attention to such a degree that we begin to feel the work of God in our lives. So where hopefully what we will do is we will turn our lives over so that Christ can come in. So wherever you may be tonight, curious or convinced or couldn't care less, where have you been? I believe if you've been here these weeks, God is doing a work, just like he did in my life, just like he did in many lives in this room, of getting our attention and through circumstances and people bringing us to think, wait, maybe there is more to life than I've been living. Maybe he really does care. Maybe there really is meaning and purpose beyond my last paycheck, beyond my last accolade. And so what what Ezekiel tells us here is God has come to give us initiating new life, new meaning, new purpose into our hearts. And then the prophet Joel writes this about 800 almost 900 years before Christ he says it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind what that means it doesn't matter the, 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 the societal position of an individual doesn't matter anything about that. On all mankind, whatever his race or ethnicity is, whatever his status in life, he says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. They will speak out the truth of God. That's what that means. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So you see what this this is really... The EEOC would love this. If you're in human resources, you really like this. Because... There's male and female. There's old and young. And there's even servants. The Spirit of God will be poured out upon. So that means no matter where you are in life, no matter what your status is in life, you can be in high school, you can be in middle school, you can be a senior in high school, or you can be a senior with AARP. It doesn't matter. God moves and says He wants to move in every one of our lives. And I've experienced... uh, some of this, and I know many of you in this room have experienced this, you've experienced God speaking to you in one way or another and you didn't even realize necessarily that it was God till, till after it happened I, this story is going to take really longer than it should but I, I just felt inclined to tell you this story I can Annette had just come out of um, of cancer surgery I don't know, maybe what? A year? Had it been a year? Um, she wanted to go skiing. I didn't know about this. Well, a good friend of mine that I work with said, "You know, Frank, she's really been through a lot. Go skiing." So, so we went skiing. Well, that morning we're in we're in um, we're in bed together and we're praying. Well, as we're praying, this picture. Flashes. I mean, have you ever had a picture just flashing your mind out of nowhere? This picture flashing my mind out of nowhere. And I'm, I'm like standing above my wife. She's about 20 feet down below me. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm seeing kind of the back of her head like at this angle. And she is up to her head in white sheets. And she is hemmed in by something And it startled the life out of me. Didn't say anything to her. Didn't know what to do with it. But five hours later, I am holding her femur because it had broken in half from a skiing accident. And I am sitting here going, you dummy, you. You should have locked her in the room for the rest of the trip. You should not have let her go anywhere. But I experienced God giving. I said, "Young men visions or old men?" Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, you don't know how good that made me feel. Um, But it. On one hand, it. I felt like this was my fault. But on the other hand, because I'm thinking cancer. Bones, this is not good. And so um, we go to the, you know, we're in this little bitty town, so we get on the, they have to, you know, they have to unrobe her, they have to take her leg and try to straighten it out. And, And then we, then we're driving an hour and a half to a, Hospital, where they'll do the surgery, and I'm sitting in the um, I'm sitting in the front of the ambulance with this hippieish lives to ski kind of guy, and all of a sudden, I knew I was supposed to talk to this man about Jesus, and I asked him a question, and I I said. And if his name has escaped me. I feel terrible. I can't remember his name right now. But I said, what if God knew that this day was going to take place? And he knew that you would be driving this ambulance and I'd be sitting in the front seat of this ambulance. And it would give you an opportunity to hear that if what the Bible says is true is the most important thing you will ever hear. Sir, it will be a joy that my wife broke her leg And I could be with you to tell you something that would change your life forever. Now, I have no idea where he is this day. I sent him some information. But when I, and then I thought about this a little bit more. And the more I thought about it, I felt like it was really the kindness of God preparing me for this event that was going to take place. That, Frank, this is going to happen but I'm in control and I have plans for this bigger than you know. And so, I found, and maybe tonight when you, t- you sit at your, your table, uh, you, you talk about some of these things where you've experienced this very scripture in your life where God, the Holy Spirit, has spoken to you. You maybe didn't even know it was Him. But it was Him. And so... Gosh, I've got got, got one example after another here, but I can't go. But what we can see just historically as time goes on, we see uh, the fulfillment of these prophecies. Uh, And then we see a sudden increase in the activity of the Holy Spirit. Um, In Luke chapter 1, verse 15, we see that the angel Gabriel has come to to, um, Zechariah, the father of who would be John the Baptist. They were beyond... He and his wife Elizabeth were beyond childbearing age, but Gabriel comes and tells them, you will have a son. And he says, he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And so we see even the Holy Spirit being introduced into this John, who we call, he wasn't a Baptist, you understand that. He was John the baptizer. Uh, And he would be one who would basically prepare the way for Jesus. Another place where we see just about that same time, we see Mary visited by the same angel. And it says, The angel answered to her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. Again, not the Son of Joseph, you remember that. But the Son of... God, So the Holy Spirit came upon Mary that she would conceive and give birth to the Son of God. And we can see too that as we go on in the Gospel of Luke in the third chapter, that John links the Holy Spirit to Jesus. John goes ahead and says this. He says, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, there's two pictures there. He will baptize you. Now, look, we get, sometimes we get this picture in, in some of our traditions of baptism being a sprinkling. That is not, not to be critical, but baptism in the New Testament, if you just use that word, it's just the Greek word is baptizo. It means to immerse. It means to completely submerge. The word baptizo would be used of if you had a dye and you had a cloth, you would immerse the cloth in the dye so everything about that dye would seep into every fiber of that cloth. That's the picture that that we have here. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit, we'll see this in in a moment. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives new life. He's the one that places us into Christ. He says, with the Holy Spirit and fire, and fire is a picture of purity. That he will begin to purify and change our lives. And so we see that what Jesus taught, it was really the Holy Spirit who revealed. I mean, we may be hearing things over the course of Alpha with our physical ears. But as I understand the scripture, if you and I are hearing anything, anything that's making sense in our lives if we're beginning to experience change in our actions and attitudes and things just seem different that is because god is taking our physical hearing and making it more than physical hearing by his spirit and things are beginning to make sense you may be right reading the scripture and all of a sudden you're reading something and it it's like whoa i didn't i never saw that before and and that's what the holy spirit does it's his job to reveal to us with conviction that the Bible is the truth. And Jesus spoke of the Spirit when, when he says this. I, I love this script. He says, but when he, the Spirit of truth comes, now the, he will guide you into all the truth. He will bring glory to me by taking what is mine and making it known to you. And so what Jesus says is the Spirit of God is going to take the things I've taught you and make them alive to you. Not just teachings, but life-changing words. He will take the truth of what I've told you and He will make it known to you. He will reveal it to you. But, but again, the Spirit can be, like me, I knew nothing. He can be ignored, He can be missed, He can be misunderstood, uh, He can be resisted. I mean, I resisted God's work in my life for many years. Um, but I guess the question is, why, why did I ignore? Maybe, why, why resist? I mean, the question for me was, uh, do I not believe? I mean, think about that. Do, do I not believe this? Or am I afraid of the assumed ramifications of believing? Or do I simply not want to acknowledge that That I have a need that is greater than I. That nothing to this point in my life has been able to fulfill. A need greater than I. You know, and it's interesting that, you know, when this Alpha course is done in two weeks, I truly believe this with all my heart. God will not be done. You may have escaped this room. But I don't know that you will escape God. It's like picking up that, that wad of gum on the back of your shoe. It just... Keeps going with you and lets you know it's there. I don't know if that's the best analogy to use of God, but He has a way of sticking with you. Um, you know, I, I, I can remember it was um, this Alpha many years ago. There's a gentleman who's a lifetime friend of mine, and we were talking about the fact that Jesus has come to give us life. That He came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And that we simply had to acknowledge, I need a Savior. I have a need that's so big, I cannot meet that need. No amount of money has been able to fill that need. No amount of relationships have been able... Illicit or non-illicit relationships have been able to fill that need. No amount of notoriety has been able to fill that need. And if God comes and He offers you His life and says, I will give you life and life more abundantly, meaning and purpose now, in the dash... And meaning and purpose in the line forever. Why would you not accept that? And my friend looked me square in the eye. I'll never forget this. And he said one word. Ego. And when I heard him say that. I, I was thrilled. He wasn't accepting this. But he knew why he wasn't going to say yes to Jesus because it was a confession that he in and of himself did not have it in him. And he needed him. Well, I am thrilled to say about five, six years later, he put down that ego and became a follower of Jesus. And it has been a joy to me. So, from that moment in 2002 to that moment in 2004. Five, six. I watched. It's just incredible to see what God did. Because he was sticking on this man's heart like a piece of gum. And he wouldn't go away with every beat of his heart. He could feel something that was not right. Until he said, Jesus, come. I will get in your wheelbarrow. I surrender my life to you. I turn away from what I was so that I can experience all that you are and all that you've promised it's kind of interesting because, you know, Jesus lived this life as a spirit, a man filled with the Spirit. He did not come and act like he was man. He actually set aside all of his godly attributes, his power. He put that aside and walked out life as a man dependent on God and being controlled and empowered continually by the Holy Spirit. And, and he, you know, he talked about the Holy Spirit when... When, addressed, uh, when he addressed, he spoke to Nicodemus. Now, I think in John chapter 3, I'm expecting that almost all of us, if not every one of us, have, have been in that chapter of the Gospel of John, John chapter 3, where, where Jesus tells um, this to Nicodemus. We'll just pick up a little part of it. He says, Nicodemus, and remember, Nicodemus is a, a brilliant, successful religious leader. He comes to Jesus at night. Because he's probably concerned about what people would think about him having conversation with Jesus. And Jesus says to to Nicodemus, flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. I think we may have talked about this in week three, possibly. But it said that Loria, Buddy and Carolyn, Loria, mom and dad, give birth to Frank Loria. Flesh, Loria Flesh, gives birth to Loria Flesh. But Spirit, Holy Spirit, gives birth to Spirit. So that when I am dead in Adam, God comes to give me a new heart and He places His Son, His live Son, in this body for as long as this heart is beating. And when finally I put off this physical body, He, in my Spirit, is still alive. And so what He tells me here... Spirit gives birth, new birth to spirit. Loria gives fleshly birth, Holy Spirit gives spiritual birth. Loria relates to Loria, physical spirit relates to Holy Spirit to God, the son, God the Father, God the son, Holy Spirit says so you shouldn 't be surprised at my saying you must be born again, born first time flesh born second time spirit okay that 's what born again simply means born of the Spirit. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound. You can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. See, you don't necessarily see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind. That's what I was saying a little bit earlier with that cup turned over. When that wind blows that cup, you see it moving. When that wind blows that life, you feel it moving. See, the wind blows wherever it will. You hear it sound, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. See, and that's what Jesus is telling us the Spirit is doing. He is bringing us to that place where we will be born again. We will become, become children of God. And that is incredible news that God is blowing into our lives, if you will about personal interaction. And, you know, I, and I cannot be convinced, you know, I, 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 can't, I, I say I cannot but be convinced and, and, and even, even committed to believing that the Spirit of God has been moving in the lives of every one of us that's here. I have to believe that if you're, you're still coming, there's something different. Not just the weight you put on with all the food, but there's something different Um, And I think there's evidence to support that. Let me just give you some of the reasons that maybe you're different. Twelve evidences of the Holy Spirit working on our lives. Uh, Number one, uh, you have alpha flashbacks every time you see a wheelbarrow. Maybe that's... Just those wheelbarrows make you nervous. Um, But seriously, um, you're still coming. I mean, did you still think you'd be here week nine? Really, you, you didn't give yourself more than one week, maybe two weeks You're still coming. Uh, You're curious, you know, where you couldn't have cared about this Christian crud at all. You know, or maybe you're convinced, or maybe you've surrendered to Christ. There's there's movement in your life. There's something that's going on with you emotionally, spiritually, intellectually. You're critically thinking. You're actually looking at the Bible and thinking about these things. Maybe you've never really thought about these things ever in your life before. It's been a long time. Maybe you've just been so hurt, so angry with God, so angry with your circumstances, but now you're starting to think through those things. You've blamed Him all your life on the circumstances of your life, and now you're saying, wait a minute, maybe things are not like I saw. Maybe those very circumstances have been the blowing in my life to actually bring me to where I am, That I'll see things that I wouldn't have seen at all before. You're reading, and you're even understanding what you're reading. I'm so excited about the prodigal on Saturday morning that's why it's so much fun to me for us to study through that together at our tables Um, you're praying as if you were conversing with God you're not just reciting a mantra you're actually having a conversation with the living God and you feel like he's actually listening and you feel like you're actually interested in hearing what he has to say wow talking about God in public even, which is kind of strange, you know, it's hard to do that today, but um, attending church more regularly, or at all and actually, you're actually this not that bad something this, I wasn't rushing out uh, you're more conscious of sin self-centeredness, now it's like pinpricks, like, you, like your nervous system has woken up and you're aware of things that come out of your mouth. And, uh, and, and you're, you're sensitive. There's a sensitivity that's taking place. You're experiencing a change in your actions and your attitudes. Not just what you're doing, but what you're, how you feel about something. Um, you're attending the Alpha Weekend. I mean, come on, really? It's fantastic. Never would imagine doing this. We don't tell you about the Alpha Weekend the first week. <laughs> We Wait, we get you settled into this a little bit before we tell you about this. And then week 12, 10 weeks just doesn't seem long enough. Well, I have good news for you. When Alpha is done, we begin Beta. It's just the second place. It takes us deeper into what the Bible has to say. And we really want to encourage you guys. If you want to go on with this, it looks pretty much like this. Maybe not as many people, quite as many people, but it's a continuation of the Alpha Course to learn more. Again, we've just entered into a relationship. Like Again, remember the, the analogy of I do, right? Then you go down the aisle, you get in two different limos and say that was really kind. That was really wonderful, rather. Um, that's not what God wants. That's not what you would want in a relationship that you've just joined yourself to or considering joining yourself to. So we just want to give an opportunity to continue... For you to continue. And it looks just like this. And so we would encourage you to continue to do that. The week after next week, which is graduation. Alright? Yeah, let me just ask. Okay, how many of you have perfect attendance so far? Your Perfect attendance? At, yeah, okay. Alright. Yeah. Okay. Do not miss next week. I mean, this, this is a commencement exercise unlike any other. And so we... Do want you to be about be here, but but really think about this. What if God, what if there is a God, and this God is actively pursuing you? I think that's the thing more than the convenience of not having to go home and make dinner on Tuesday night, or something different to do, or finally getting that person off your back because they keep aggravating you to go to Alpha. Um, there's something that's going on. And, and remember, we've discussed that all of God, hear this, all of God is relational. And that is how the Holy Spirit does most of His, most of his work. He does it through relationships. I mean, you're here because somebody cared enough for you to invite you to be here. It's some, Something happened in that person's life and they wanted you to experience that. And so they in, invited you. And that's how God really works. He worked in my life. You know, he weaves our lives together and then something happens. Yeah, I, You know, and I think the, the, the last school... Let me see where I am in my notes. The last school that I wanted to go to was LSU. Really, I hated everything purple and gold. I mean, loathed it. And you know, I would pull for a criminal team before I'd pull for LSU, which was probably about the same thing. But... Uh, I know, I know. I can't resist. I'm sorry. Um, but, but I didn't do real well in school. As I told you, I was top 18 in my class of 21. And, um, and so I went to LSU, the last school I wanted to go to. But let me tell you, at LSU, the three things that happened in my life that have me where I am today chronologically, I'll tell you this. I joined a fraternity, the wildest fraternity on campus, literally. It was Animal House, was the movie. The, the people that produced the movie studied our fraternity to, to produce this movie. Um, I joined the Deke fraternity. Um, and there, I met a couple of guys that one went to Newman, one went to Jesuit, and they had had an encounter with Jesus Christ. So, but there I met, the first football night, I met Annette, I literally did, that was not, I was not making that up, the, the chandelier part was a little fabricated, but I met Annette, my wife of soon to be 39 years, I, I met Jesus, and I met the man, after I met Jesus, who would become like a spiritual dad to me, and then would invite me to come to work for him, And then I would, when he went into full-time ministry, um, Tulane, Harvard degrees, brilliant guy, um, he offered me a job, I went to work for him, and then when he left, I bought his company from him, and it's a company I'm still running and owning today. Now, I just don't have enough faith to believe that that was pure, dumb luck. I just see the fingerprints of God all over that, even when I didn't know him. And he had basically written a script that I was not familiar with. Completely unfamiliar with. But he loved me so much before I even knew anything about him that he was already reaching and blowing into my life to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. To a fraternity. To meet a couple of guys. That, and, and one guy who happened to bring this girl, Lynette Levy, to the fraternity house... And then these other guys that would introduce me to to a a church where I heard these things that we're hearing here, completely, I'd never heard these things before. And I surrendered my life to Christ. And then, shortly after that, I meet the man who became, like I said, a spiritual dad to me and whose business I would go to work for and then take over. It's just amazing how these things happen. You know, I... I got six minutes. Um, I've got to show you this picture. This is... This is the New Orleans Academy uh, first grade class of 1963. Okay, and I am one of those military guys. The movie Band of Brothers was made from this very group. Hey, Nate, Nathan, do you know which one your grandfather is? You don't? I'll give you $5 if you can pick me out of the crowd. You got five seconds, four. 3 In what row? Last Wait, the
2: first You
0: bum. Anybody got 5 bucks? I can uh <laughs>
1: That
0: means I owe him 6 now cuz I he swung it swung the bat, I think. You got me. No, it's not the right thing. Thank you. You didn't mean that anyway. So anyway, this guy that was that's me. Uh, cute as a button. Um, But my very best friend was a guy named Brian Bean. There's Brian right there. We didn't smudge out his face to protect him. uh, But uh, Brian and I were best friends. Uh, He lived on Grape Street. His phone number is 866-3556. His birthday is August 4th. I remember everything about this guy. And um, he's Jewish. I remember when he made his bar mitzvah. I walked down the aisle with him. This Italian Catholic walked down the aisle with him and, and didn't know what was going on, but there were lots of presents and lots of food, and it was really cool. Um, but I kept up with Brian all these years, never forgetting his phone number, loving this guy, even though he, you know, he didn't, he flunked out of New Orleans Academy and had to go to Ben Franklin, which was a problem. But, um, but so I lost track of him. He went to LSU, he's got his PhD in, in uh, industrial psychology. I stayed up with Brian, he was coming to New Orleans, talked to him. Um, we got together for breakfast. And um, in the midst of our time together, I started seeing that Brian was troubled. He was, he, Though he had uh, you know, accomplished a Ph.D. in industrial psychology, had lots of clients and everything else, there was not a peace in this man. And I started sharing with him what God had done in my life. And I said to him, Brian, what if in 1963, when Harold and Virginia Bean, his mom and dad, and Buddy and Karen and Lauria, my mom and dad, decided that their boys would go to a little military school called New Orleans Academy. And God knew, God knew, that He would reconnect our lives. He would, re- we'd, we'd stay in touch with one another. He'd reconnect our lives. That we'd be sitting here at La Madeline talking about this. And I would tell you, what if this was intended by God, so that you could see how much He loves you, and desires for you to know Him deeply and intimately, and. I looked up at my dear lifelong friend and I watched tears just pouring down his face as he asked the question back to me, what what if? And so that's what life gets to be like when you begin to see, God, you are intimately, intricately involved in every one of our lives drawing us in the midst of whatever circumstances we're going through, to himself. So, you know, what I came to find is that the Holy Spirit is God's real estate agent. Okay? It is his job to tell us our real estate before God. To truly show us where we are and where he desires for us to be. You know, I really had to ask my question many years ago. What am I holding on to? What does anybody offer me that's better than this? Why will I not just, like Debbie said earlier, surrender control of my life into His control? If He's God, if He really is God, if He really is Almighty, if He really is all-knowing, I'm sure He can do this better than I can. And I've found for 40 years now, He does this a whole lot better than I can. Does that mean I understand everything? I like everything? don't ever complain and that can tell you that is absolutely not true but he has completely radicalized my life not because he's given me religion he's given me an intimate relationship with him so who is this Holy Spirit the third person of the Trinity I just need to kind of quickly go through these ah Oh, that's something we may go through at the table. He comes to reveal Christ to us. That's what he does. The Bible says he comes to convict us of of sin, of righteousness, of just of judgment. He comes to tell us that we're in sin, that we're not righteous, and that we're facing judgment. But he comes to share that with us so we will turn and come to Jesus, who calls us to come to him. What is he communicating? Well, he's communicating that God loves us. He proved it through Jesus. He has a wonderful plan for our lives. He tells us, told me that I had fallen short of His acceptable standard. And what is His standard? Well, He provided a way through Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. He made a way for me, fully imperfect, to find life and joy and happiness in this earth and when I depart this body and I depart this planet. And then what else does he do? Fourthly, he compels me to accept Jesus as my only means of of having a relationship with him. Of being forgiven my sins, becoming a child of God. Of experiencing in the midst of the hell of this world a peace that passes understanding and then forever with him I've asked as we close tonight uh, Ronald Lytano Ronald is one of the pastors here at Lakeview and one of the worship leaders and I've asked him to just to lead us in a song, typically we would have done this many many uh, weeks before but the circumstances just hadn't worked out and, uh, and you can just stay seated, I'm going to put the words up on the screen, now I just want to encourage you if you, want to, if you know the song and you want to sing it out then please feel free to do so please I want to encourage you to do that um, but more than anything else, you know, part of prayer, you can pray in song. You can pray singing. And maybe this would be uh, to yourself or out loud a, a prayer with melody. And uh, so I've asked Ron to, to lead us in that and then um, just pray for us and we'll, be, we'll take a quick break. But again, I just want to encourage you if you haven't registered for the weekend, please do. Uh, if you're still not sure if you can come or not, just show up Friday night. Show up Saturday morning. We just want you to be here. However, and again, are so grateful to each of you that you've spent these uh, nine weeks with us, and look forward to seeing you hopefully on the weekend or next week for for commencement. So, and more than commencement, we're not just doing graduation. We'll we'll be doing some more teaching.
2: Grace and peace. Can this be for lawbreakers and thieves, for the worthless, the least? You have said that our judgment is death for all eternity, without hope, without rest. What an amazing mystery That your grace has come to me Grace and peace Oh, how can this be The matchless King of all Paid the blood price for me Slaughtered lamb What? Atonement you bring The vilest sinner's heart Can be cleansed, can be free to me. And oh, what an amazing love I see. What an amazing love I see that your grace has come to me. Grace and peace, oh, how can this be? Let songs of gratefulness ever never cease. Loved by God and called as a saint, my heart is satisfied in the riches of Christ. And oh, what an amazing mystery, what an amazing mystery, that your grace has come to me. see, what an amazing love I see, But your grace has come to me, oh, what an amazing love I see, what an amazing love I see, But your grace has come to me. be, for lawbreakers and thieves, for the worthless the least. You have said that our judgment is death for all eternity without hope, without rest. But he has given us his grace in Christ. Oh, what an amazing mystery what an amazing mystery that your grace has come to me father what truly amazing mystery it is to know that you the god of heaven the creator of all that exists the sovereign majestic ruler on high would see it fit to bend from your heavenly throne And to show us a love that we have never seen or felt. A love, an incomparable love in the person of Christ. Dying the death we deserved. And giving us the life that we desperately need. Thank you for this grace. Thank you for this love. And thank you for your spirit that makes both of these accessible. Father, help us. I pray that you be with us now. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay, let's take a quick break. Thank you all for being here.